What's up, Rock Church? How you doing today? Good. We have a great, great service. Uh, let's get on our knees and pray real quick. We have a great service. We'll get it started. <clears throat> In public speaking, one of the, uh, I never had a public, didn't really have a whole lot of public speaking classes, but I heard that what you want to do is you want to tell people what you're going to say, and then you say it, and then you tell people what you said. <laughs> Are y'all following me? So if you're, if you're a public speaker, all of y'all are public speakers because you speak and you're in public. So you're talking to your kids, you tell your kids, I'm going to discipline you, then you discipline them, then you tell them what you're just disciplined for. Uh, uh, so I'm going to tell you what I'm going to say, and then I'm going to say it, then I'm going to tell you what I said at the end. Uh, in a lot of churches, you go, they'll tell you things that, they, that you want to hear so you can feel comfortable to come back. Okay? Uh, and then other churches just give information because the person you know, wants to teach and and hopefully you get it and people come to church because they want to get information or they want to have fellowship and all that's great. Um, what we kind of do here is we, we want to tell you um, stuff that you may not want to hear and challenge you. Uh, what I mean by you may not want to hear is that, you know, you're a sinner. Well, I don't want to hear that. Well, it's true, so I need to tell you that so you know to deal with it. And so one of the things that we want to tell you today is that, and which we do all the time, is that you need to do something. Being a Christian is about living for Christ. And being obedient. And it's about um, self-denial. People don't want to hear that. Okay, but that's what it's about. So before y'all came in all your campuses, you had booths in all your campuses. We have 180 ministries combined through all our campuses. And today we're going to try to get you to go sign up and do something. So I want you to be thinking about that. I want you to get ready for that. By a show of hands in all the campuses, how many of you are not serving in a ministry somewhere in the church? Put your hand up really high. Elbow above the ear. Okay, look around the room. Look around all the campuses. Okay, keep, well, keep your hands up. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> okay, man, imagine if y'all did something. Imagine how many people's lives would be changed and imagine how different you would be. Lord, I pray you stir our hearts. I pray you challenge us. I pray you um, do what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Look to the person next to you and say, you need to serve somewhere. <laughs> Okay, if you have a Bible, we're going to, on the count of three, lift our Bibles up and say word. One, two, three, say word. Very good. Let's turn to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, first test, uh, New Testament. John 13. I have observed uh, throughout my life, and especially as I look back on life and now even current, more than not, in my experience, whenever people get involved in something, whether it be a job or a sport, shopping, house purchasing, we seem to be in competition with someone in, when we're doing that. We've we got to win the game. We've got to be the best athlete. We've got the prettiest girl, the, the most muscular guy. We've got to get the best car. You've got to be the first one to get a pair of shoes or a dress. Can I get an amen if you know what I'm talking about? Amen. And, and we seem to be, have this mysterious, invisible competition that we're in that we have to win. We have to have power. We have to be first. We have to get our seat in church, our parking space. 
we have to we have to walk in before somebody. You ever notice that when you're in line somewhere, people are so like just sneaky, evil, like just conniving, got to get right in front of you. It's like it's only like three feet. It's like what difference does that make? Right, can I get an amen? Because the ruling principle on earth is control. Our sinful nature wants to control, and to control you have to have power and win. If you want to be great in the world, you have to have power. You have to have the best. You have to win. And if you buy a skirt and someone else got it, you got to go get a better one. It's just part of our sinful nature, okay? Uh, the ruling principle in heaven, in this kingdom of God, is peace. Everything's in its place and everything's cool. And if you want to be great in God's kingdom, you be a servant. It's opposite. And so when people come to church, you're conflicted. You're in this world. You see stuff. You got to, you know, you're, you're physical. You got emotions and all that kind of stuff. And you got a job and you're like, man, God, bless me in my world. Give me more so I can win my battle. And God's like, I'm not into your battle. I'm into my battle. So I want you to be about my kingdom. You ever see athletes, they'll pray for a win. God's not concerned about that win. Please, God, bless our team. Really? What, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not on your team. Real quick, just as a, as, a, as a side note, there's a story in the Bible where Joshua's leading the Israelites into the promised land and the commander of the Lord's army confronts him. He doesn't know he's the commander of the Lord's army. He has a sword. And Joshua says to the commander of the Lord's army, not knowing it's the commander of the Lord's army, he says, are you on our side or are you on our enemy side? In other words, you were praying for our team or that team. And the commander of the Lord's army says, no. He says, Neither. I am the side. It's about me. It's not about either one of y'all. And so my point is that in the kingdom of God, if you want to be great, everyone say great. I assume you want to be great in the kingdom of God. Now, you may want to be great in man's kingdom because that's what we're so accustomed to. So God blessed me in man's kingdom so I could be the man. God's not interested in that. He wants you to be great in the kingdom of God. To be great in the kingdom of God, you have to be a servant. So today I want to talk about that, and then I'm going to send you all out early today so you can go sign up and be part of a ministry. So I want you to think about who would I want to help, what kind of ministry I want to be part of. Let me go to my whiteboard. Old school. I like to write, save. Our mission is three words. Everyone say save. Save. Say equip. Say send. What's the mission of the Rock Church? Three words. Very good. The first thing you do is get saved, then you get equipped, and I'll explain these in a minute, and then you get sent. Send. Okay? Save means you ask Christ to be your Savior. This is the first thing. You establish a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. And how do we do that here? So, everyone say so. Good. Okay? It's an acronym. This S is Sunday. People get saved on Sunday. This O is online ministry. We had a half a million people uh, indicate a decision for Jesus Christ, half a million, last year online alone. Half a million. Can, we, can, we get, can, I, get, can I get an amen for that? Amen. One-on-one, uh, -on -one people get saved through one-on-one -on -one interaction and outreach ministry, which is what we're going to talk about today. Last year, 250,000 people in San Diego, got a one-on-one -on -one touch from our outreach ministries. 250,000. Let's give a hand to those people. Amen. Amen. 250,000. So we are going, we want to add to the army of the outreach ministries today. That's what all the booths are in all the campuses. Every campus has a different amount of booths. We're all different sizes. But in all, and throughout all the churches, 180 ministries. 
serving all kinds of people in our community. And if you feel like, man, I want to serve this group of people and I don't see that ministry, well, start it. Let's go. That's how all, all these people have started on their own. They're not paid. They said, well, here's what I feel God calling me to do. And they have teams. Amen. So the first thing is save. And, and after you get saved, you go to equip where we train you. Go to life class. Step one, life class. And then groups. Step one and then groups. After that, serve. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Serve. Everyone say serve. What I want to share with you is a story about serving. You will not grow in your life, in your relationship with God, as much as you should until you incorporate serving, denying yourself, not waking up every day and just thinking about moi. It's about somebody else. I was, I was um, a year ago today. I'm sorry. Um, a year ago, this time of the year, it was during basketball season. I went to San Diego State to a basketball game. And uh, my friend of mine let, left the tickets at Will Call. So I go to Will Call, and this young college student girl, she was sitting there giving the, will, the tickets. And she gave me a ticket. I said, what's your name? I started talking to her. I introduced myself, and then I invited her to the church. And we started talking about church. I said, you need to come to Rock Church, blah, 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 blah. Then I never saw her again. So Tuesday, just four, four, three or four days ago, I'm at the airport dropping somebody off. And in front, I'm at the curb, and in front of me is this young lady giving another young lady a hug. And she had a backpack on, and she looks, and she starts waving. I thought to the car behind me, she's waving to me, she comes running over, I roll the window down, and she starts talking to me all excited. And I'm like, you don't even know me, what are you talking to me for? I'm, I'm messing with her. And, you know, she's a young kid. I was like, you know, who do you think I am? She's like, I know who you are. She just keeps talking. I said, I'm not who you think I am. And we go back and forth. And she says, you're the pastor of Rock. And she, and she says, I, I met you last year at the basketball game, and you invited me to church. And I've been coming to church ever since. I'm bringing my friends, and I'm going to the Philippines on a missionary trip. I was like, What? I said, you got to give me a hug, get out the car, give a hug. And, and I'm like, who are you going with? She said, I'm going by myself. And now I've turned into dad mode. You are, you are going where by yourself? <laughs> Nothing wrong with the Philippines. I'm just saying, you're going overseas by yourself to do what? I mean, it's got to be somebody you're going to do ministry with. So I think she's meeting some group. But she was just so jacked up, she got it. She said, I, I got saved and I got equipped and now I got to go do something because God did something for me. It's real simple. So all y'all who raised your hand, here's what I want to, I'm not going to put a guilt trip on you. The Holy Spirit may stir you. But you can't just live for you. And what you're trying to satisfy in your heart through getting things, it's not going to happen. It's going to happen when you get in the place where God wants you to be. So you as an ambassador of Christ, because we're all ambassadors, ambassadors represent someone to someone else. Ambassadors just don't hang out with the person they're ambassading for. They get an order from the, from the person they're ambassading for. I don't know if that's a word, but it is now. And then they, then they ambassadorize someone else. Are you following me? Can I get amen? So I want you to be thinking about who you want to ambassadorize, okay? John chapter 13. Let's read the story. Jesus is going to show us how to ambassadorize. It says in verse, in verse uh, uh, 1, it says, Before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew his hour had come that he should depart, from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, and that he had come from God and was going to God, 
rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, you are washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said, what am I doing? What I am doing you don't understand now, but you will after this. Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus said, if you do not wash, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter, being an ADD brother he was, said, Lord, not only my feet, but my head and my hands and everything else. And Jesus said, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him, therefore he said, you are not all clean. So when he washed their feet, taken his garments, sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for it is so. If I then, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you also to wash one another's feet. For if I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Uh, in Jesus' day, they would walk around with sandals. They did not have shoes. A sandal was simply a leather piece of leather that went to the bottom of your foot and then sandal straps that went on top of your foot. So the whole, your whole foot was exposed and the roads were dust, like two or three inches of dust. And if it rained, it was mud. So when you went to someone's house, your feet were muddy. And they would have a servant, really a slave, that would be at the door that would wash your feet before you came to the house. Everything else was clean. And they would wash your feet as a foot washing ceremony as you came into the house. And this person was a slave and he would, the servant of the house, and he would wash the feet and then you would come in. Well, here's Jesus going to the Last Supper. They didn't have any servant there. And none of the disciples thought to do it themselves. So everybody's feet's dirty. And Jesus says, I am going to do what the slaves usually do. I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to wash all y'all's feet. Now, as the disciples of the rabbi, they are to tend to the needs of the rabbi. But this was even below what they would normally do. And so Jesus says, I'm going to do what's even below what you guys would normally do. I'm going to do what you know the slaves do. And I'm going to wash your feet, the nastiest part of you right now. And I'm going to serve you. And bless you. And Peter's like, no, you can't wash your feet. And he's like, well, if you're not going to let me do this to you, if you're not going to allow yourself to learn this lesson, it's not about the feet, it's about the lesson. Think about the people in your life, your spouse, your neighbor, someone who you don't have a good relationship with, what it would take internally for you to wash their feet and what it would do in your relationship. That's a whole other deal. But what it would take for you to say, can I wash your feet? And by the way, I'm, I'm going to wash your feet not after you take a shower. I just want to wash your feet right now. Take off your funky shoes and your funky socks. <laughs> right after you walked around that outside in the rain, that's, how, that's, that's the condition of their feet. And so he says to Peter, he says, Peter, if you, don't, if you don't let me do this, if you don't learn this lesson, you can't serve me. You can't walk with me because the life that I'm calling you to lead requires you to be a servant. And so when you go out to, to ministry, it's about what Jesus did for you. So look at number one of your notes, three very simple things, and, and then we're going to wash some feet. Number one, well, I shouldn't say we're going to wash some feet. I'm going to wash some feet, unless you all want to help, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Jesus washed my feet by what? And you can fill this out later today, but I want you to think about this. 
Are you aware of all that God does for you every day? Some of y'all think y'all go to work on your own. Some of y'all think y'all make money on your own. Some of y'all think y'all bought a house, you bought a car, you establish a relationship, you maintain relationship, you keep yourself healthy. Some of you think you do that. You know that God has empowered you to do that. He was walking with you to do that. And anytime he wants you to come home to him, you're going home. That he's the one protecting you from yourself. He's the one keeping you alive. He's the one that with his demons coming after you day and night, conniving, planning, scheming how to mess with your mind, your thoughts, your memory, and all the garbage in your head that God is praying for you day and night. Uh, uh, John 17, God is praying for you day and night that he forgave you of your sin and he blesses you way beyond what you could ever ask or imagine. That the things that you have, the opportunities you have, you don't deserve. If, if this is making sense, you say amen. amen. It's not, that's, not the, that's not the kind of amen I was looking for. I was kind of like, yeah, 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 I guess. I went to Africa and to speak at a pastor's conference, and when I got there, it was like 3,000 pastors years ago, and I said to the, to the pastor hosting, I said, tell me about these pastors. They come from all over. Uh, it was in Uganda. They come over all over Uganda, and some of these pastors walked a day, a day, 24 hours, to catch a van to drive a day to come to the city. They never seen toilets until they got here in their whole life. Some walked a day to get to a van that had no room for them, and they had to walk a day back home. They don't have Bibles. And they're sitting there like this. And I said to the guy, I can't talk to them. I mean, I will. I flew all over here. You kind of put me on the post. I got to do it. But I don't feel worthy. I don't know that I would walk a day. Why? Because I'm spoiled because we have this. We're blessed and spoiled. The devil turns God's blessing into a curse. God has blessed you. And how often do you take for granted your electricity, your water, your roof, your opportunities? And when you don't get those things, you whine and complain because we have, we've lost perspective because our mind is, I'm supposed to win. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a worldly mind versus I'm supposed to serve. And so I, I just want you to think about how much God has blessed you and how he's washing your feet every day. When you get up in the morning and you're able to open your eyes and look in the mirror and, and brush your teeth, you say, God, thank you for this opportunity to look at that face this early in the morning. And thank you for the opportunity to change what that face looks like in a few minutes with some soap and water. <laughs> Can I get an amen? And, 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 and thank you for the opportunity to change that breath that stanks right now to ah and just wash it out. Pra praise the Lord. Can I get a praise the Lord? And for all y'all who are married, praise the Lord, okay? <laughs> Number two in your notes. Number two, uh, uh, the closer you get to Jesus, the more willing you will be to serve other people. People think the more closer you get to Jesus, the more you deserve. Oh, I didn't get my seat in church. Really? I've been coming here for 10 years, and you still got that attitude? I didn't get my parking space. That guy cut in front of me. I've been coming here since day one. I've been giving money. And, and that's the attitude you still have? You know, the closer you get to Jesus, the more Jesus you should be like. 
and the more you should have a servant's attitude. One of the ways you could tell by really your closest to Christ is not how long you've been going to church, and it's not by how, how much information you have. It's not by how much you've done. It's by how much you're like Jesus. Jesus said, this is what I'm like. Disciples, when y'all go serve, remember this. You know what he said a few minutes later? Here's what he did a few minutes later. He took the bread and broke it and the blood. He says, when you think of me, think of my death. Do this in remembrance of me. Take communion. And when you take communion, you're reminding yourself of my death. I'm reminding you of my service. That's the kingdom of God. That's what he's looking for. And so when, and again, let the Holy Spirit convict you as he will. But if you're saying, I don't serve, ask yourself why. The devil's going to tell you, you have too busy. You're too busy to do what Jesus did? No, 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 no. That's the trick of the devil to get you busy because you have to get stuff because the devil telling you, if you don't get stuff, you're not going to win and you're not going to be happy. That's the lie. You're going to be most fulfilled. Listen, you want to get rid of a problem? Get a bigger problem. Let's think about that for a minute. I don't want a bigger problem. What if the bigger problem is somebody else's that you are partnering with them to help get rid of? That's ministry. That's ministry. Number three, who is the easiest, the easiest type of person for you to serve would be who? In other words, people always ask me, well, how do I know what I'm supposed to do? Well, first, don't try to figure it all out day one. Just do something. Uh, um, Think of a person or type of people, man, women, young, old, teen, black, white, Hispanic, rich, poor, educated, non-educated, uh, uh, this part of the neighborhood, whatever it is. God, trust me, don't think you have to serve everybody. Don't, don't think that. Just say, God, who would really inspire me to help? And what kind of help did you design me to give? I don't counsel. That's, I'm not, I don't even apologize. People say, well, you counsel me. I go, no, nah, not really. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's not that I don't give counsel here and there. But to sit week in and week out and week in and week out, that's just not my deal. I'm not, I'm not called to do that. I have the patience to do that. I sit there and wait for you to finish talking, and then I preach a sermon because that's what I'm preaching. Are you following me? That's not a counsel, so I can't do that. So if you say, here's the people I want to help, and here's the kind of help I want to give, that's start there, and you can be fine to guess. Just guess. God will move you as, turn you as you move. I have two daughters, uh, and when they were little, one's 31 and one's 30 now, but when they were little, we were at a friend's house, and my friend's mother, who was elderly, was in the room. And my oldest daughter has this tender heart for elderly people, and she's very caring and nurturing. And my middle daughter, that's not her deal. That's a nice way of saying it. It's not a nice way of saying she's not caring because she is. That just wasn't her zone. Are you following me? Okay, so they both go in the room and they're like 9, 10, whatever it is, 8 and 7. And my oldest daughter gets this idea, can I feed your grandmother, whoever, your mother? She's the elderly lady in, in, in the bed. And so, sure, so she starts feeding her. She's real gentle and, you know, she doesn't want to pull her dentures out. She's just kind of real, de- real and, and And then my younger daughter who's standing next to her older daughter, her older sister, thinks I got to do the same thing. But it's not her zone. So my older daughter gives my younger daughter the, 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 the fork or spoon, whatever it was, and she was like, this is not my lane. I guess I'm supposed to do it. So she just kind of, <laughs> I mean, she almost killed this lady. That fork went down the throat and the dentures go flying across the room. I just made that part up. But, 
<laughs> but she's like, she's like, <laughs> okay, you don't need to do that ever again. My point is that there's going to be somebody that you need to help. In a minute, I'm going to bring out Isabel Montoya, Montaño, Montaño. She heads up the prison ministry. They have two services that they give. They have people who are pen pals, mostly men, because most of the people that are writing are men in prison. They write, uh, uh, 60 people who write letters to guys in prison. One guy in prison had cancer. He had three months to live. They put him in a cell with no windows to live the, his last 90 days. He was writing, and he said, I'm not done. Here he is two years later. He says, and he's still kicking, and they're writing him. Amen. So they, they go into prison. They also have uh, men and women who go into juvenile hall and Donovan State Prison to minister to the inmates. Okay. Jesus said, when I was in prison, you came to me. Very important. Very important. And uh, she, her, the ministry, the prison ministry are looking for 60 people to serve. I can't encourage you enough to check. This is one of the many booths. There's many booths, uh, ministries all over all the campuses uh, to serve because uh, the more people who serve, the more people we can serve. And so we, we, there's there are units in, in the prisons, juvenile prisons, that we can get to more young people who are watching right now. By the way, we want to say hello to all the people in prison and more people in Donovan State Prison and George Bailey and more prisons. And they write letters to people all over the country as well. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to give a stand-up and let's give a warm rock welcome to Isabel Montaño. Where is she? Come on out, young lady. Here we go. Here we go. Come on. Have a seat. How are you? Thank you. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you. God, God bless you. you too. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, here's your. Here's your. You got some cute feet. Look at that. Thank you. <laughs> I know some people are freaked out by feet. How many of y'all freaked out by feet? Okay. <laughs> y'all like Ew, this is ill. This is it grossing you out right now, huh? <laughs> uh, I have a special, special place in my heart for prison ministry. I've been in prisons in uh, every, probably every country I've been to. I've been to a prison just about. Um, they're often the forgotten people of the world. But Jesus said, if you, are, if you visit my prison, you come, if you visit them, you come to me. And so uh, we want to bless you today and thank you for your service of ministering to a forgotten world of people who God loves just as much as he loves all of us outside of prison. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to, uh, what color is that right there? It's a... Like yeah, a, what is that? Like a candy. Cotton. Candy? <laughs> I, I was going to say something. I thought you had something more glamorous than, of a name than candy. <laughs> I thought it was something, something girly. I don't have a foot phobia, but I hope this is a blessing to you. It is. Thank I'm honored. I'm so humbled. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. And I pray this encourages you to serve. And I pray this is encourages you. When you serve, this is what you're doing. Yes. You're not there to boss people around. You're not there to tell people what to do. You're there to serve. When I share the gospel, I am serving the people who are receiving the gospel. I'm not telling them what they need to do, even though I may do that. <laughs> but I'm serving their eternity. Amen? Amen. 
And if your heart, if you have the heart of a servant, then that means you're out of the way, Jesus can minister. If you don't have the heart of a servant, you're in the way. And you just did Jesus a disservice. Amen? So hopefully this is a blessing to you. You got some cute feet, so <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> God bless you. You can put your foot right there. Feet are soft. Thank you. <laughs> I, I feel my crusty feet every day, so I, that's what I got to compare it to. <laughs> God bless you. Thank I want to pray for you, and I want to pray that... Um, not only for you, but for all the people that you have and your team has and will serve for the coming years. And all the people who are listening as well, that if God puts on your heart prison ministry after all the service or any ministry, whatever it is, that you would go serve. But I'm going to pray for her and then we'll talk a few minutes before we go. Lord, thank you so much. Isabella, I thank you. I pray you bless her. pray you encourage her. I pray you honor her and her team for the ministry they have in the prisons, the juvenile prisons, Donovan State Prison, George Bailey, and all the prisons around the country that they are writing letters to and ministering to. I pray you honor her and her team. And I pray only those people that you are called to this ministry will go to that table. But I pray that you protect them and I pray your Holy Spirit fire to be on her and her team in those services and in every conversation they have in every yard in every chapel in every unit that people will get saved by the thousands. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Let's give her a big hand. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. I got it. I got it. Okay. Go that way. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Come on. Let's give her a big hand. Come on. Uh, here is my um, last challenge to you and all the campuses. And we want to welcome all the campuses. I know I'm late on that. And especially uh, the young people in Juvenile Hall and the brothers and, and all the people in George Bailey and Donovan State Prison. Uh, we love you. God loves you. He has a great plan for your life. He has not forgotten you. Many people have forgotten you, but God has not forgotten you. We have not forgotten you. I want to challenge all of y'all. So many of you raised your hand. I want you to just ask God, God, what do you want me to do? I promise you, he doesn't want you to do nothing. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 that he has called us to be pastors, leaders, uh, evangelists, apostles, so we can train, equip the saints, as you, for the work of the ministry. That's what this is for. This, is, this right here is part of that. This is not information. This is not school. It's church. Two different things. You can go to school to get information and take a test. And if you're in school for the right reason, you're, you're in school to get a degree so you can go do something. This is, this, is, this is way more important than that. It's about your life being changed so God can use you to change someone else's life. So I want you to be thinking about, Lord, what, tell me. Tell me what you, you want me to do. And then act on it by faith. Is it going to be scary? Absolutely. Why? Because the devil's going to be telling you all the horrible things that's going to happen. That's called faith. 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 
It's going to require faith. So I want to pray for you, and then I want to challenge you to, in all the campuses, go to a booth, search around, look in your bulletin, say, Lord, what is this? And if, and if there's not a ministry there that matches what you want, pray and start one. And we can help you with that, by the way. But don't do nothing. The devil wants to cheat you out of the biggest blessing of your life. Lord, I just thank you for our church. I pray for miracles in people's life. I pray you put a burden on people's heart to serve in a way they never thought imaginable. If they never turn back, and they never thought they could be so happy giving of their life to somebody else. In Jesus' name, amen. In one second, all the campus pastors are going to come out. And Marcus, pastor. Pastor Miles, I just want to say thank you for being a humble leader and showing us how to, sorry, showing us how to, <laughs> showing us how to love and serve our community. I'm going to give you a hug. I don't care what they say. I'm going to give you a hug. Come on. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, hey, let go, let go. <laughs> well, if, you, if you hold somebody for 10 seconds, there's a thing called oxytocin, which is a bonding hormone that goes up after 10 seconds. That, that's why women, they like, women are very, a lot more sensitive to this and they hug longer. Guys, yo, man. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, got, I just got caught up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. That's why you see guys do this. <laughs> you guys, in closing, I, I used to have the pleasure to oversee some of the outreach ministries and the, and the sports ministries. And I've been part of events, activities, relationships, and I've seen lives change. I, I caught my first wave surfing with the surfing ministry. I, I, I tore my bicep with the MMA ministry. And I shot a lot of pool and ate a lot of chicken wings with the billiard ministry. But I just want to encourage you guys, get out there, get involved. You got a, a taste of what God's doing through Isabel in that ministry, but don't miss out. Don't miss out. And so you guys join me as we take this time to honor the Lord with our tithes and offering. Join me right here in celebration. Just going to go over the, the several ways to give right here. If you're watching online, there's a button you can click right there. All of us, a lot of us do what we call automate the important. You can just set that up online. just comes out right straight ahead, the first fruits to the Lord. The second way is you can give via text as well. So all the information is right here. You can follow along as well as this envelope. You can use this. And at every exit, there is a box in which you can deposit this. We have our pastoral support team right here. Let's give it up for our pastoral support team. They would love to connect with you and pray for you. Appreciate you guys. Don't miss out as you go to the right and to the left. Take some time to, to go both ways and see what God is doing. Lord, I just thank you, Jesus, for being such a good God, Lord. And for you sending out that outreach to us, Lord. For you sending your son to die for us, Lord, and reaching out to us. Let's pray we would do likewise. Lord, I pray for this offering too, that you would multiply it, Lord, and use it for your glory and your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next week.